a local Virginia girl raised Christian in a hardcore household, evolved and grew into a beautiful agnostic. Now she interviews people and talks about Bible stories. This is Britney's Bibble Stories. <laughs> Something like that. This is Bible Stories with Brittany, the Bible stories you know told wrong. I was raised in a conservative Christian household. I was homeschooled for eight years, went to a private Christian school. That wasn't really my vibe. Right now, I'm just revisiting some of the church history that I was raised with. Uh, when I was in high school, I had an, an entire year dedicated to church history. So I think it's very interesting. Uh, the previous episodes, we've been focusing more on the Bible stories, but I think how we get these Bible stories from the history is just as important. This week, our special guest is Ryan. Ryan, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so just to start us off, do you mind telling us a little bit about um, any religion you were raised in or anything specific in your past? Sure. So I actually uh, was raised in a Christian household um, with my mom being the primary person who was like in, into religion. My dad was pretty much agnostic. Mm. Um, but I also went to a private Christian school, uh, for a period of time. Um, that was fun. <laughs> was it like a specific denomination? No, it was super like non-denominational, just generic. Uh, I want to say either like Protestant uh, or Methodist, something like that. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. It's it's all been very repressed. <laughs> How long were you at the private school? Uh, just for a year. It did not work out well. Um, I almost got expelled for bringing in a strategy guide for Diablo 2. <laughs> I remember being called in the principal's office and having to like explain the concept of Diablo 2. I was like, no, no, no. See, you fight demons. You, you, you're not a demon. It's it's cool. It's pro-Jesus. Wait, what grade was this? This was seventh grade. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I read manga in my ninth grade Bible class, and I got in trouble for that because of the boobs. The boobs were too big. <laughs> and well, was, I, I think that's reasonable. You should get in trouble for reading manga regardless. So uh, good for them for trying to raise you right, but... <laughs> Looks like I, it didn't turn out. <laughs> I mean, really, that they should have shamed me for is that it was like one of those mirror flipped ones, you know, so you read from left to right rather than from right to left the correct way. So that was my uh, only, only sin in my mind. But uh, yeah, so do you currently have any religious beliefs or how would you currently identify yourself? I would describe myself in very boring terms mm -hmm. in that I am uh, agnostic, like I don't believe in God, but I'm open to the possibility. I feel like it's a remote possibility, but whatever. I'm, I'm lazy. God appears. I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, most people in our generation are either agnostics or spiritual when asked that question, which I always think is very interesting, like the difference between those identifications, but that's just my interest. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, um, there was a period of time where most people would like identify as Christian, but not really practicing. And it's kind of transitioned to more of just, eh, not really, but sure. <laughs> yeah. The not really, but sure is, is always interesting just because, uh, you know, at least how I was raised, it, it was very like, 
definitive. This is Christianity. This is not Christianity. And it was like a whole thing. But uh, yeah, so let's just start off with some of the church history. So if you're if for whatever you haven't repressed from the Jesus times, um, we're going to pick up right when Jesus is basically we're going to start with like the Christian calendar, because I think these dates are important. Like right now, like the cool thing to do is say that it's 2021 uh, CE, common era. Uh, but I like the AD, the uh, yes, Anno Domini. <laughs> yes. It sounds so much cooler. It is. It's the year of our Lord. So here's what gets me is you have like BC, which is before Christ, which is English. And then you have Anno Domini, which is Latin. So, so this is what got me is there is no year zero. It just goes from one BC to one AD, no zero. Oh, that's fucked up, right? I well, hate I, it. I guess like there couldn't be a year zero, but it would logically. It, it just bothers me. Okay, so if you think about it as like, all right, I'm, I can't Charles my way through it with his like math brain, but you know, like you have like a <laughs> line of integers. You have like negative two, negative one, zero, one, two. You know, like yeah, yeah. From a math perspective, there should be a year zero, but there isn't. <laughs> Well, so, think about it. Is there a year zero of your birth? Like, this is the year I was born. This was before I was born. Yeah, I guess that that gets into, like, that uh, uh, Korean idea of, like, what age you are, where, like, Koreans have, like, a different year. So it's, like, if you're born, let's say, in December of 1990, you're zero. And then January 1991, you are one year old, even if you're only a month old and you're the exact same age as someone who was born in January of 1990, who was zero until or maybe you're one and then the next year you're two. So even if you're a month old, <laughs> you're two years old, while a kid who was like born a month after you is a year old, but then he's technically two years old. I don't know. I need to ask Shiana about this because she was telling me about it and it was blowing my dang mind. Anyway, <laughs> point is, so so they just don't have they don't have a fucking year zero. So already this is a great calendar. Totally makes sense. The thing is, is like no one actually knows when Jesus was born. This dude named Dionysus in 525 when what is now A.D. was like just looking through some old documents for like what these Romans were up to. And it's like, eh, I think Jesus was born then and so then he like retcons the calendar because at that point in time they were using like uh this um like this basically like the julian calendar is what it was called and so he yeah. just retconned it and was like nope now it's the year 525 this is when jesus born december 25th for for no reason he just decides december 25th for a bunch of like stupid reasons <laughs> because it was on christmas he wanted Jesus <laughs> to be born on christmas right exactly because christmas already existed and yeah. Yeah. I, Wait, this dude's name was Dionysus? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's wild. Yep. Because they all they all still have they're like Romans, like for the most part. They're still like part of the the declining Roman Empire. Um mm -hmm. then he also decides that Jesus was murdered on March twenty fifth, which makes no sense even according to like his numbers, because that would have to be on a Friday, and it doesn't fall on a Friday for like at any point in time surrounding his like whole calendar. So it's already like whack. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just stupid. Cause like now I still got to go to church like twice a year on goddamn December 25th and sometime in like March or April just to make my mom happy. And it's like, these people had no idea. They just made some shit up. Why do I have to go to church? 
Again, because it's the day you go to church. It's true. It's just do you? They still, said it correctly. Do you still get? Do you get forced to go to church twice a year? Or am I the only? No, thankfully. Um, whenever I'm hanging out with my folks, it's just like understood that I'm just not going to go. That's nice. I wish. I wish that would be the case, but my mom's like, no, I spent all day making this nice meal. We're going to go to church together as a family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not a, like a bad thing to hang out with people in your community, but if you're no longer part of the faith, like what do you get out of it? What do you bring to it? You know, that's what. OK, I should have you talk to my mom and explain this to her. <laughs> because <laughs> this is what I keep telling her. I'm like, it makes me less interested in Christianity, the more time I spend in church, the less time I spend in church, the more interested I am in Christianity. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so like, so pretty much like we have a new calendar. Everyone's just kind of doesn't really pay attention to it until like 800 AD. And then everyone's like, yeah, we like this calendar. This calendar is dope. Uh, so pretty much at this point in time, all, you know, biblical scholars of like antiquity. So Christian and non-Christian alike, they all agree Jesus was a historical figure. He existed. The only things they can say with absolute certainty is that he was baptized by John the Baptist and he was crucified by Pontius Pilate. Those are things that they can like independently verify with some different sources that make sense. Anything else is like up in the air because it's so long ago and there have been so many things that have been like destroyed or rewritten. Um, so most of what they have is like these letters that were written by either Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who were like the, the big the big four writing about Jesus's life, or from like Peter and Paul talking about, you know, trying to spread the good, good word to everybody and like make some new churches. <laughs> so, so here's what, here's what gets me about this. So like, Jesus dies, then he comes back. Then these guys are like, the fuck are we supposed to do now that he's gone up into heaven? So there's like this whole thing called Pentecost, uh, which is uh -huh. this idea that all of, all of these early early Christians, there's like 120 of them, they're in the upper room of like some place, and the Spirit of God comes down amongst them, and they are filled with like, you know, bravery or whatever to go out and spread the word, because they've just been hiding out since, you know, Jesus was crucified because they're worried about, you know, getting in trouble. So, so this is like the big deal. It's like the spirit of God coming down on them. And now Jesus can spread throughout the whole world. They, they go out and they make a bunch of churches. They make like 40 freaking churches in like modern day Italy, Greece, all these other things. Cause like basically like, uh, like most of this is started out in like what would be like modern day Lebanon or like in the Jerusalem area. So like Jesus probably looked like some Lebanese dude, you know, hot, dark, Swarthy, beautiful tan. He's probably just you know looks like Marvin for some reason. Yeah, absolutely, hundred um, percent. Yeah, Marvin, reincarnation <laughs> of God, fight me. <laughs> uh, so they're like going out and they're doing like some hard selling of this new religion because like most of these adherents are Jews. So this is at first believed to be like a subsect of Judaism because Judaism at that time had like this whole belief about like the Messiah coming down and like getting rid of all their torment and like having like a thousand years of just dope ass shit for like Jews basically. And so these new Christians are calling themselves the way, which is so cool. Whoa, that's yeah. tight. Dude. It's like some Mandalorian shit. It's like, this is the way I'm like, wow, <laughs> I joined that cult, but <laughs> uh, they don't really call themselves Christians. A lot of them still view themselves as Jews, but you have this guy, Paul. So Paul is like one of the main dudes in christianity he's like a jew but he goes out and he starts converting gentiles non-jewish people 
into the faith. So that's like a big deal. So they aren't required to be like circumcised or any of the other like Jewish covenants at the time. Um, they start good worshiping. Deal. Yeah, good deal indeed. Uh, so most Jews worship, you know, uh, Sabbath on Saturday night, but they're Christians. So they start worshiping on Sunday, the day that they say, you know, Jesus was raised from the dead. So that's already like a differentiator. Um, because they're including all these non-Jews, they slowly become their own thing. Uh, it's important to note that, you know, Paul is writing down these letters. A lot of people are just hearing about this Jesus fellow either by reading each other these letters or having it told orally. There isn't really like a written Bible. Like a lot of these Jews have like the Torah or the, I can't pronounce this, Tanakh? I think it's pronounced Tanakh. Okay. It's like the Jewish history books. And so like they're basing a lot of their beliefs on like this Hebrew Bible that's written in a mix of Hebrew and Aramaic, what they spoke at the time. Um, so they didn't have chick tracks. No, they did not. They didn't really have anything good to like go it off of. So they're like kind of chilling, you know, doing whatever. Um, so this is like the first hundred years after Jesus is, is death. Uh, so with all these churches and stuff, there's like the Romans aren't all about Christianity. Like they were fine when they thought it was like Judaism. But now it's like definitely not Judaism. And they're definitely <laughs> not okay with that. So they're like, all right, whatever you want to be Christians, fine. Worship these dead emperors and give them sacrifices. And the Christians are like, no. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and so, so they have like these stakes in like these public areas. So like, if you're a Roman citizen, they just like exile you or they behead you. No big deal. If you're like right. a slave a foreigner or poor, they like tie you up to these stakes in like a public area and they set wild animals on you. It's just like, <laughs> what? For entertainment. It's very funny. Nero, one of the. What else you got to do back then, you know? Just tie people up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Set animals on them. Yeah. I mean, I think Jesus got off pretty easy by getting crucified. <laughs> like, you know. Dude, I don't know. Like, as much as we like hear about the crucifixion and how insane that was, like. It just seems like such a bad thing to happen to you. <laughs> I guess it just happened to like a lot of people. It's like, you know, he was yeah. next to like some thieves and like, at least for like a lot of the thieves, it seemed like it wasn't necessarily a death sentence. They would just kind of like hang out there for a while. I don't know. It just seems like, you know, being crucified, not great, but which would you rather be crucified or eaten by wild animals? It depends on what kind of animal, though. That's the thing. Like, if it's Lions? cats, I'm, d I'm down. Yeah, feed me <laughs> a bunch of cats. Bears? If it's boars. Bears? Uh, yeah, they'd probably do it quickly. Mm, but not boars. Not boars. No, they, they would munch on my feet. I wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They got fed to wild animals. I don't really know what animals. But, but this dude, Nero, he's like, you know, the famous crazy emperor of Rome, like just high on way too much lead in the aqueducts. And he has like this huge fire and he blames the Christians. So he's like one of the first people to be like, let's go round up these Christians and kill them. I've had enough of their bullshit. And now some ads. Master Mattresses. With this limited time offer, Master Mattresses will have a certified tester arrive at your home and assess the suitability of your mattress. Using cutting-edge technology, our professional technician will need 30 minutes to two hours to lie prone on your bed with eyes closed before giving you an in-depth report on the condition, comfort, and longevity of your mattress. With a five-month guarantee, use offer code BibbleBritney today for mattress testing. All right, enough with the ads. Back to the show. 
So some people say that it happened in the Colosseum. Uh, there isn't really any evidence that it happened in the Colosseum, but eh, I buy it. It's like a big place. Uh, there isn't like a stake that they were typically like tied up to to get eaten by wild animals. But yeah, I, I figure like if they're doing something for entertainment, why not put it in the place where you get entertained? Exactly. So there, there's no evidence of that, but I think it logically makes sense. So like this is happening. A lot of these early Christians are being martyred. Like a lot of these like bishops in Rome who are like public figures, they're trying to argue that they're like popes and they have authority because Peter gave them authority. And a lot of the other religious leaders are like, nah, you're the first amongst equals get fucked. Um, (laughs) So they're like, just, they're just getting murdered. There's like no direct line of like popes at this point, but people are freaking out. They're freaking the fuck out about being persecuted. And some of them are like going out to the desert and they're just living as hermits and they're just monks. And they're just like, fuck it. Gonna live in the desert. It's gonna be great. This is all happening in the first like hundred years. After this point, Christians are starting to spread more. Um, and up until about uh, 306 AD, like around when Constantine becomes emperor, they've just kind of okay. been fighting amongst themselves, like developing weird offshoots. They don't have like a settled like scripture. Um, so Constantine becomes emperor. He says Christianity is a recognized religion. This isn't something you can persecute people for anymore. So they're like, okay. Fuck yeah, this is a great time to condemn some heretics. So they have this big council called the First Council of Nicaea. Uh, I don't know about you, but at my private school, we had to sign the Nicaean Creed. Whoa, dude. Yeah, you gotta get some blood pledges going on. But uh, basically, there had been like all these arguments leading up until now about what is Christianity. So the really big ones are Gnosticism and Arianism. Those are like the ones that are like, hot contentious issues because everyone at this time is like what is material and what is spiritual they're arguing about who jesus is like what is he like physically because you have gnosticism that believes that the physical world is evil and that god in the new testament did not create the physical world there was this evil other deity from like the hebrew bible who created the world which is like just inherently bad. They're all about like the world being an illusion and that Jesus came down to give them like enlightenment. They thought that like his physical body was like just an illusion and that he was just a divine being. So So they're super into the matrix. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 This is like the time where everyone's like arguing about like what is material and what isn't. Um, Mm. There's this other group, um, Arianism. So they say that Jesus was neither a mortal nor a divine being, but something else. So lesser than God the Father, but like not the same. So that was like some hot shit. And I'm just like, who the fuck cares? But these people fucking cared because they couldn't figure it out. (laughs) Um, So they got so pissed about it. They had this big council. They got everyone in. All of you boys from all these different churches are coming in to argue about this shit. So they have this big council of Nicaea and they write this, this, you know, creed that's saying, no, fuck these guys. Fuck those guys. None of them are Christian. So they're just like, house these people as heretics they're like you're not christians get out so like the Aryans are like well fuck and they go out to like some germanic tribes and they start like spreading their like funky christianity and the germanic tribes are like oh that sounds cool yeah let's do that 
Uh, yeah, that's mine. All right. Cool. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So then there's like all these like schisms and they keep having more and more councils. And I'm not going to go through all the councils, but they basically keep having councils to just like fuck with people. One of the main ones. Didn't they get it right the first time? No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Because they're still arguing with each other. Like there are seven ecumenical councils, which is like big, wide councils in like this time period when they're like trying to figure out what is Christianity and what isn't Christianity. Um, okay. So one of the big things they do is in 393 AD, they have the Synod of Hippo, which is the goofiest sounding thing ever. Synod of Hippo. So basically, it's like where they decide what is the Bible and what isn't the Bible. So they go and they're like, all right, this Hebrew Bible, that's in. All of these letters from like Paul and these like four Gospels, that's in the Bible. So the thing that's going on at the time is that uh, the Hebrew Bible, you know, like I said, was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. Yeah. They get it translated like somewhere around this time period, maybe before Jesus. It's like not exactly clear to me. Um, it was translated into Greek, which everyone spoke at the time. Um, and it's called the Septuagint. Uh, so it's like they're like, all right, this shit, this is the real deal. Um, and at the same time period, there's this dude named Jerome who's translating. <laughs> yeah. Jerome. <laughs> Uh, My buddy Hank, yeah, he he thinks it's this. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what it is. He's like a scholar or something, and he like goes back and he's like looking at the original Hebrew and he's looking at this Greek and he makes a new version of the Bible called the Vulgate, which is ooh, what a dope name, Vulgate. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, so he he translates it into Latin so that because that's becoming like you know the new lingua franca that everyone speaks. So we're already getting like real pictionary, like telephone pictionary with this shit, you know. Yeah, it's just getting translated, passed around. Some people have different versions of the Bible. So they have this synod to like figure out what is in the Bible and what isn't. And they're like, done, figured it out. We got it all. But hint, they didn't actually figure it out. They keep having more councils to figure out what is and isn't in the Bible. There's this main dude named St. Augustine you may have heard of. He was like a big deal. Yeah. Okay. so he is like a big deal at the time. He was at the synod of Hippo. He's St. Augustine of Hippo. It's just all this hippo shit. Uh, hungry, hungry St. Augustine. <laughs> yeah, so he's like one of the big first theologians who like develops like the philosophy of Christianity, like that isn't necessarily one of the original writers. So he's writing all these different books. He is the one who creates the doctrine of original sin, which is the idea that you are born sinful. Even if you've done nothing, you're born in this world, you are human, you are sinful, and it's all Eve's fault. Those fucking women, am I right? Can't trust them. Yeah, dude. Like, if you're a baby, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. You did something wrong, and you should feel bad. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing that gets me about his whole concept of original sin. You're born sinful, but he's, like, against abortion? And it's like, wait... You can't have it both ways. Which is it? Are you born sinful or are you like this innocent thing? And he never really satisfies me to that. But he also has like another big thing that he adds in terms of like philosophy, which is the just war theory. If you aren't familiar, the just war theory is this idea that if you are a Christian, you should be a pacifist. You should be peaceful. You shouldn't, you know, punch people in the face for no reason. But... On like a big scale, if there is a huge evil that can only be defeated through violence on a large scale, then you should do it. And it's it's morally correct. Damn. Yeah. Here I was thinking Augustine was rad, but no. hearing about this, is not so much. No, a good he's thing. he's 
an interesting dude where he has like something. So like at the time he was like, you shouldn't have slaves. So that was like pro for him against slavery. <laughs> like bottom of the Yeah, it's not a popular time to be against it, you know? No, he got like some other bishops to like free their slaves. So he was like, you know, all right. All right. Pretty good. But then he has some other weird weird things like part of the whole thing with the council of nicaea is that they solidified what is and isn't christianity at that time and then they also say like if you want to be like a priest or a bishop or something like that um in this hierarchy they're creating you can't be married you can't have sex and your family all has to be christians they can't be pagans so it's like this weird like standard that i'm not a fan of which is this thing like if your entire family isn't a christian then you can't be a leader in this church which i think is weird that puts a lot of pressure on the family yeah a whole lot of pressure um because like women at this time are like just just garbage in the church like (laughs) compared to like (laughs) it's true though because like okay so a lot of like jewish women they're they when they go to like synagogue they they have to stay in like the outer court or whatever um compared to like the inner circle in christianity they're allowed to like sit amongst people and you know they just have to shut the fuck up like they aren't allowed to like speak and they aren't allowed to like teach or instruct at this point in time so that's like a contentious thing in like studying early Christianity is like the role of women where you have um, in the Bible, Mary Magdalene, who is like kind of a big deal. She does a lot of stuff with Jesus. She's like one of the main followers who like goes to his grave um, when everyone thinks he's still dead. But it's still like this thing of like women are just inherently evil and weak. And that's like part of the whole teaching is that women need to submit to their husbands and be like led, which is just gross. (laughs) Yeah, that's not cool. No. No, not at all. But yeah, so so at this point in time, uh, they like decide what is and isn't Christianity. And uh, about 50 ish years after Constantine, uh, Christianity becomes the state religion. So they get to be the oppressors. So they're real stoked about that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's, it's now our turn. Yes. <laughs> excellent. Very good. Yeah. So they're just like, fuck, yeah fuck yeah let's use our new power so they like have this other dude who's like in church in charge of like the church of constantinople because like so what what um constantine does is like the main seat of power had been in rome but now he's like byzantium now you're constantinople we're moving the capital right over here so that's like the big deal so they're going to chilies (laughs) all right no where where are we going to chilies byzantium you mean constantinople no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah so he he moves like the capital which is a big deal and uh all of these roman bishops they want to keep their power they want to be like the pope they want to be the main guy but there's this dude named nestorius who's like the big head honcho of constantinople he um has some differing religious beliefs so they're like nope fuck that they have yet again more goddamn councils like they had this time in ephesus in 431 ad and they're like heretic get him out so he leaves but he takes like his entire like church and multiple other churches with him and they are like exiled because like the main roman church has the power of the state so they kick them out and all these people go to what became persia um and they start their own uh, Eastern Church, which is like a big deal that is a huge, like one of the first huge schisms from the Roman Church. Um, what's kind of cool about Persia at this time is that they practice Zoroastrianism. Have you heard of that religion before? 
Uh, I heard it's when you have like a cool mask and <laughs> you um, go around on a horse and you rob people or something. That's not my understanding of the religion, but I am by no means an expert. Um, <laughs> my understanding is that uh, they had like, so, you know, like, thus, yeah, thus spake Zarathustra. That was like an early translation or no, Zoroaster is a translation of Zarathustra. So that book is like a reference to Zoroastrianism, which is like all about like the four elements and they have all these sweet ass fire temples and I don't know. Cool. It's just like, seems like I, I love any religion with fire temples, you know me, but <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's still practice, which is really interesting because it was around for like several thousand years before Christianity and it's still practiced today in some parts. It's like one of the oldest continuous religions, which I just think is really interesting considering like all the changes it had to have gone through just to like survive. Uh, oh yeah. Just madness. But, uh, yeah. So I think that's really interesting when you have like this church of the East coming in and like poking out Zoroastrianism and it's like, how are these two religions going to like influence each other and like all these changes. But yeah. So, so they're setting up their own church and the Roman church is like, time to have another fucking council council. We got to kick some more people. We love our councils. They fucking love their councils. Like they had a council like 20 years before and they're like, nah, I didn't get enough of that council. Uh, <laughs> so, so they like double kick out anyone who doesn't believe that Jesus has a separate divine and human nature in one entity. Like this is what they're arguing about is like, uh, Nestorius believed that Jesus is divine, but separate from Jesus, the human. So his mother, Mary, isn't the mother of God but is the mother of Christ. And once again, I'm like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, Yeah, that's some real esoteric shit. Dude, it's so weirdly specific, like the separation of the divine and human nature. And like, this is where we get all these like Trinitarian debates about like, are there three separate beings of God, the father, God, the Holy Spirit and God, the son, or are they all aspects of the same one God? And I'm like, aren't you saying the same thing two different ways? <laughs> yeah wait i don't know man like just google trinitarianism and like try and wrap your head around like why they're arguing with each other <laughs> <laughs> what's the argument here yeah that's what i i don't get but you know what you guys clearly is important to you so i'm just gonna you know your opinions are valid but maybe don't exile people <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so they kick out some more people who don't completely agree with them and this uh, they basically have like competitor churches. So one of their other competitor churches is uh, Oriental Orthodoxy because it takes place in um, like Asia more generally at that time. Mm -hmm. So they're fucking done with councils. Like finally, thank God they're done with these fucking councils. Um, and now they're focusing on the important shit, which is to go out and convert as many people as possible. Uh so they like go out to these Germanic tribes and they're like, no, Arianism is bad. Join the Roman church. They go out to the Gauls and they're like, join the Roman church. And then the Gauls all get wiped out by the Franks and they're like, join the Roman church. And then, <laughs> and then they go to Ireland and they like yell at all the Celts and the Celts are like, yeah, that sounds great. And they get like a bunch of different saints at the time. Like St. Brigitte is like uh, an important saint. I still don't understand what makes someone a saint versus just like a, a cool dude. Like Augustine is a saint and I... I don't get why, because um, I wasn't raised Catholic. So so the sainthood is 
I'm going to study it more for the next episode, but just weird. You got to learn the rules of Catholicism. Catholicism is a board game. Wait, is it actually a board game? Yeah, there's lots of different steps. Uh, You got to roll dice and sometimes you land well. No, it's true. I mean, I feel like in Catholicism, if you don't roll male, you're automatically like kicked out of the game. (laughs) Like maybe at best you could be a saint, but not going to get any anywhere. You're not going to become Pope. (laughs) Like, okay, so that's what gets me about being a Pope is it's like. There were no popes until like the Council of Nicaea where this one guy was like, yep, I'm the pope now. And it's just like this huge like gap in this supposed history of like the papacy. And I I just don't understand why this bishop in Rome wants to be the pope in Rome. He isn't just a bishop like everyone else. He wants to be the pope. He's a big deal. And I'm just like, calm down. He wants a bigger and better hat. Facts, dude. If I could ride in a pope mobile, mm, that sounds magical. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It's basically like your own personal Batmobile, but for the Pope, but clear. It's like, I don't know. I imagine it's what Wonder Woman's like invisible airplane looks like. All right. Like so, Pope mobile? Yeah. It's like, it has, have you seen it? It has like the, <laughs> those. Like, it looks like a, a big plane? No, 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 no. It's like, it's like a car with like all those like see through, like bulletproof, like glass. And it's got Wonder Woman painted on it. No, I'm saying, you know, like Wonder Woman's like invisible airplane. Yeah, the Potemobile. <laughs> OK, I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we came to <laughs> it's one of the same. Uh, wait, is the Pope Wonder Woman, though? He does have a cool lasso. <laughs> he can make you only speak the truth somehow, you know, put shoves you in a confessional, lasses you up real good. That Okay, so that's the thing about, like, the whole Pope is, like, the church was, like, mainly based in Jerusalem for the first hundred years, and then it kind of, like, flipped over to Rome, and Rome became, like, the main important place for, like, the church and, like, who was in charge, and then Constantinople kind of took over, so now there's, like, this weird thing with, like, who's in charge of the church, where they're in charge of the church, and then at this point, you know... Rome is kind of losing some of its edge. It's not as in control as it used to be, but it's not like it had, like, a huge, like fall like even if rome kind of got screwed over it's not like the whole empire just declined so at this time the roman church is having like this weird balancing act where they're trying to go out and convert these people while also staying like the official religion of rome and they're trying to like keep these like barbaric kings happy and convert them at the same time so it's just like a really interesting time period for the church in terms of trying to maintain this roman hierarchy of the church while at the same time trying to influence these like barbarian kings who are taking over uh yeah so where that's where we're going to leave it off for this week next time i do a history i'm, I'm going to pick up where we are now and talk more about the roman catholic church and other schisms because like the church is just all schisms all the time uh next week we're gonna go back to basics with genesis talk about you know beginning of the world uh is there any do you have anything you would like to add any questions or very good bible stories you'd like to share nope Nope. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me, it. dude. <laughs> this, has been, this has been a blast. I appreciate it. Thanks. That's it for the show today. Special thanks to Phil for help with audio production, composing the opening theme song, and laughing at all my stupid jokes. Email me at artcannotbeamonologue at gmail.com to send me your feedback or cute pet pictures. Check the description for our website link and our social media presence. In this year of our Lord and Savior, 2021, good luck and Godspeed.
Philip West. The all-at-home inclusive option for not being able to make your own dinner. <laughs> Bill has made his own dinner before. What? <laughs> <laughs>